life is short, make the most of it. On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. It was walking down land through the sugar candy. We're looking for a liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song to the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. I'm your host, Gizmo. Today's episode is Making It Happen, as you might have guessed from the teaser clip. But before we get into the podcast, let's take care of a little podcast business. So first, my apologies for the lateness of this podcast episode. I have been having numerous setbacks with my computer, which is at the moment a very shiny, expensive brick. (laughs) So I'm doing this on a backup computer. I did manage to back up my own files before this happened, so I'm just trying to f- to feel grateful for what I have at the moment and, and to, to stop cursing so much and resist the temptation to throw things around the room. So we're finally making this episode happen. One of the other reasons that I have not gotten this episode up right away is that I have been trying to get ready for a work trip, which I leave for tomorrow. I'm going to South America for work, and I'll be gone for a month. So it's been a little bit stressful trying to get everything ready. I've had a lot of things going on. And uh, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to podcast from my work location. I am taking my microphone with me, and I've heard that the internet where I'm going is supposed to be good enough, hopefully, to make this happen. So I'm going to do my best, but I will be working pretty long days, and I don't have any days off. So I am not making any guarantees. <laughs> Our next item of business, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Par3, who has disappeared into the black hole of connectivity, otherwise known as the North Cascades. So they are very beautiful mountains and totally worth walking through, but they have terrible internet service and no cell phone reception whatsoever. So I'm assuming that Par 3 is getting pretty close to Canada and the end of his through hike right now, but we're probably not going to hear from him again until he has finished his through hike, at which point I'm hoping he has stored up a bunch of great audio for us. As far as kimchi, we will hear a lot from her today, but that's not what I want to talk about right now. What I do want to talk about is I wanted to mention her film photography. Many of you may not know that kimchi, as opposed to being a audio artist or professional interviewer, is actually trained in the visual arts. She's a a film photographer, and she sells some of her beautiful film photography of the trail on her website, which is kimchiwalks.bigcartel.com, and there's a link to that on our website, and you should check it out for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that her photographs are beautiful, and the second reason is that selling prints is one of the ways that kimchi stays on trail and helps pay for her through hiking habit. So if kimchi runs out of money, Sounds of the Trail runs out of kimchi, so that's just something to keep in mind. I also understand she has some more pictures her editor has not uploaded onto the website yet, but which will be coming soon, so stay tuned for those. Our last piece of business before we get started are iTunes reviews. So we have many, many lovely iTunes reviews from you all, and they are much nicer than we probably deserve as a pretty amateur podcasting crew. But if you enjoy this podcast and you think it's worth your time or other people's times, then perhaps I could ask you to consider leaving an iTunes review if you have not done so yet. One of the main ways that people seem to discover this podcast is through iTunes itself and having 
good reviews and new reviews really helps increase our visibility with the algorithms that Apple uses. And so it can help other people find us. All right, no more announcements. Let's get to it. Making it happen. I've been noticing a theme in a lot of emails that I've received from you all lately. And that theme to quote is, I can't do a through hike right now because... And what the because is is different for everybody. But some common becauses are kids, work, money, health, you know, the usual things. <laughs> and I want to clarify before we get into this that I'm not trying to cast shade on anybody. I too could be through hiking right now, but I'm not. And I'm not through hiking because all the reasons why I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure what they are on a lot of days, like today, for, for instance. But inertia is really powerful, and it's easy to keep doing what you've always been doing. It's hard to get off the career train, or the school train, or whatever train you're riding right now. It's scary. What if you can't get back on? Maybe right now really isn't the right time and your money or your health or just familial support isn't there for you right now. Maybe your kids are too little. Maybe you are waiting for retirement and counting down the days, and you're just a little bit afraid that you won't be able to hike anymore by the time you finally get there. Shoot, maybe you're just stuck in a bad marriage, or who knows, there are so many reasons. And None of our interviews today contain the secret of finding the funds or the time to do a thru-hike. There's, there's no magic there. <laughs> but, but they do provide some pretty awesome role models of people meeting their thru-hike where they are at right now and making it happen anyways. So we cover a big range of people from lifelong dreams made manifest to crazy two weeks notice thru-hikes. And to start it off, we're going to hear from Bluebird and Hakuna Matata, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So let's take a listen. This is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm sitting at White Mountain Hostel in New Hampshire. I'm about to enter the Whites, and I'm with two lovely ladies who are leaving the Whites and heading into Maine. Kind of nervous right now, <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> but I'm actually super nervous. So I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves and sort of explain their situation because it is fairly rare and it's super awesome. So we'll start with you. Why don't you give us your trail name, where you're from, how old you are. Yeah, you're just as nervous as I am, so this is even better. <laughs> We're nervous together. <laughs> so just uh, tell me your name, where you're from, and... Your trail name or my regular name? You can tell me your trail name. We like to stick with trail names most of the okay. time. And who you're hiking with. Okay, my name's Bluebird. Uh, I'm from a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm hiking with my daughter, Andrea. Oh, trail name. Oops. <laughs> Shoot. Hakuna Matata, darn it. <laughs> and... I am 70 years old, and I'll be 71 on September 30th. Oh, man, happy birthday. That's Thank awesome. You. <laughs> um, and then Hakuna Matata, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell me how old you are, where you're from, where you're living, all that good stuff, and then we'll really get into this. <laughs> my name is Hakuna Matata, and I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, where my mom is, obviously. And I live in San Francisco now, and I'm 40 years old. Did I get all the questions? answers the questions you asked yes you did okay. uh, both these ladies are smiling super big and so am I so I'm super nervous so it's really funny so if you guys I know I already asked you some of these questions but bear with me first of all we're sitting around a fire it's awesome it's great it's kind of a chilly night all the stars are out why don't you guys tell me how you decided that you were going to hike this trail first of all and how you decided to hike it together we're going to start with you bluebird well, it's something that's been on our minds off and on for years. I don't even know what started it myself. But my daughter got married a couple of years ago, and when she got married, I figured that was the end of it. I lost my partner to do things with, and I traveled with her. I'm a widow. And then they gave me a retirement party last year, and she told me that we were going to hike the trail this year together, and her husband gave us his blessing and said, go live your dream. That's definitely a good reason to marry someone, just so you know, they let you do that. <laughs> so, Hakuna Matata, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit more about how you came upon that decision? 
Oh, it's kind of the same thing. We don't remember how we even first heard about the Appalachian Trail, but over the years we've read a lot of books and uh, my mom's seen a lot of speakers and presentations about it and we've dreamed about it for a long time. And uh, yeah, I was just lucky enough that my husband said go and he's taking care of everything at home. And so the two of us are out here, somehow ended up out here doing it finally. It was kind of strange after dreaming about it for so long to actually have it happen and be hiking it well i was afraid i was too old but she consistently tells me you're not old you can do whatever you want mom come on so we'll take it slower and i i guess i was just gonna say that how sometimes we see a white blaze for months we'd see a white blaze and be like oh my goodness we're actually looking at white blazes and hiking <laughs> so man that's really really amazing what when did what date did you start and tell me I just want to know, like, what the moments were like for you, Bluebird, leading up to the trail. Like, what you were feeling and kind of how you guys got down there and what your trip was like getting down there. I, w I was nervous the week before we went. I thought, oh, what am I doing? I must be crazy. I'm going to go out and live out on a trail in a tent for a while. And then once I got on the trail, it, was, it just all went away. It was wonderful. We started March 31st. We flew from the Cleveland area to, Springer, to Atlanta. And then we were driven to Springer Mountain. And her husband flew from California to see us off. And he walked the access trail with us for a mile. So you guys did the Amicalola Falls Trail straight up. No, we didn't. We didn't do the steps. We did the the, the side road. The oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Yeah, we parked like the at the lot that's a mile north of the summit, so you walk back a mile south to start, and then you backtrack again. And that's what my husband and his cousins did with us. Yeah. Nice. So do you? I'm really, I'm just like trying to picture this. So you, had you been camping and stuff before? Mm -hmm. you, I'll bet you've been on some adventures. I, I, I've been camping. I've backpacked before with my daughter, with, with Hakuna Matata and my son. We've been on trips to, up to Nova Scotia, to Tetons, to Wyoming. But this is the biggest backpacking trip I ever took. And I've done some with the, some outfitters. Nice. So are you guys, what's your, uh, what's your gear situation look like? Why don't you tell me, are you guys sleeping in separate tents? Do you share a tent? <laughs> we need a little space away from each other once in a while. I'll drive her crazy if we don't. <laughs> so Hakuna Matata, like uh, what, man, it's just really crazy. I, I always wish, I think about hiking with my mom like every day I'm on the trail, but you actually really get to hike with your mom. So how is it? Basically, walking with the lady who brought you onto this planet Earth, and tell me about like the good parts and maybe the frustrations. I'm sure you two are pretty honest with each other, so I'm sure it's okay for you to talk about it. And if it's not, you can just smack me in the face. <laughs> um, it's just, as you can imagine, a really special thing to share. And I guess sometimes when we forget it, we'll meet someone along the trail that sometimes the least per the person you'd least expect say wow how wonderful I that you're forming these memories and even like Gnome who's like 60 years old so it's like oh I wish I could have done this with my mom Aww. so it's just really sweet when like when sometimes you start getting on each other's nerves or you know get it's a lot of time to spend with, the, <laughs> with <laughs> just with each other every day first everyone's but um and then people like put it back into perspective how lucky we are to be able to be doing it together yeah and and oh you guys are gonna make me cry <laughs> um for real uh bluebird do you want to tell me about some of the highlights of this doing this with your daughter because obviously you're so proud of her Bluebird's been telling me for a good 15 minutes about how she's boring and no one wants to hear her talk because her daughter's been sailing around the world and doing all this other stuff. But obviously she's had some pretty awesome adventures herself. So how do you feel hiking with your daughter on this trail? It, it, it's absolutely wonderful. I couldn't do it without her and to share this with her and have this memory for the rest of my life and the people we've met together and the things we've shared, it's, it's irreplaceable. And the kindnesses we've been shown and the simple things that have been done from people who don't know us from Adam. I mean, people who don't have a lot themselves have done things for us that just puts a lump in your throat. I mean, do you, not to sound cheesy, but do you realize that people do that because both of you are super magnetic? 
When they got here, it was kind of funny. Everyone sort of gravitated towards them, and especially like Hakuna Matata got around the campfire, and everyone's like, I want to ask you questions. Ah! Um, same with you, Bluebird. Marnie, the lady who owns this hostel, was just telling me how beautiful and great you were even before you got here. So, that being said, <laughs> I'm just an ordinary person. I I just happen to be older than other people. When I started the trail, I I wasn't thinking about that distinction. I was just hoping I could physically do it. All right, so she's just an ordinary person. You're 70 years old. You have gone through some of the hardest terrain. I think, in the entire country. How do you... So, let me ask you that. I'm not going to disagree with you right now. <laughs> After the whites. Because I've been on trails in the Tetons, and they weren't nearly as hard as what we've been on in the whites. Yeah, that's because trails in the Tetons are graded for fat people who are coming out of their RVs. <laughs> <laughs> the AT is a masochistic trail that's designed to destroy every bone in your body. So, what... Can you tell me some of the most challenging parts? Uh, we'll, we'll do, like, the bad stuff first, and then we'll do the good stuff. What are the most challenging parts, do you think... As a 70-year-old, a lot of people ask us to interview older hikers. And there are lots of older hikers out there, and I see lots of older day hikers. You are through hiking, which means you're hiking every day pretty much consistently. Can you tell me about some of the physical, maybe, and mental challenges you've had? Sometimes it's hard to keep going after a long time. I've had moments when I felt like I'm ready to go home, but I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this one thing and live this dream with my daughter and finish it. We're slower. I'm slower. I slow her down. I can't go fast on downhills. I'm very cautious of falling and getting hurt. So I watch all these young kids go sailing past us, and I think, darn, I wish I could do that. But it's not going to happen. So that's hard. The terrain is hard, so it slows us down. But just keep trying every day and doing the best you can you must feel awesome because you're almost a freaking main so obviously you've tried really hard and gotten really far um are there any parts of the trail you skipped at all uh we had to skip a little bit in virginia because uh we had to meet someone that we gave our word to but we intend to go back and pick that up Oh, wow, you guys are going back after Katahdin. Okay, um, do you, Hakuna Matata, what are you thinking about, uh, what's your anticipated time of finishing the trail, and I hope no more embers fly into your jacket? <laughs> Thanks. Well, we plan on being at Katahdin before it closes, and then we'll go back to um, do the part we skipped. So probably end of October, beginning of November, we'll be completely finished. Awesome. And how many miles have you guys been averaging, do you think? I know it changes with the terrain. You don't have to tell me through the whites because everybody knows that's a lower mile area. What do you think you've been averaging, though? Before we hit the whites, we had worked up and we were averaging in the upper teens each day. And then that dropped significantly when we got to the whites. But we started off really slow and not doing too many miles because we kept hearing about uh, how common it is to have overuse injuries. So we started off at a lower mileage and then slowly worked it up. And then, um, but we were, we broke 20 miles once and we came, came close to 20 miles a number of days, but unfortunately that's dropped in the whites and we hear that Maine's going to be pretty tough too for a, for a few days, but then, uh, it'll all be worth it. That's actually, at, that's 100% true. Uh, currently we're fighting embers, which are trying to set us on fire. Um, just like the AT, you can't really just sit and enjoy yourself for a minute um hopefully this this works i feel funny saying this but i think it's funny that you just got closer to your mom instinctually <laughs> she literally just moved closer to her mom all right so what for you what like challenges do you think you've had on the appalachian trail because it is a tough trail i'm just curious she's really strong she sailed around the world and done some pretty physically vigorous stuff do you, have you had any like physical or mental challenges yourself on the trail Physically, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. Even after reading all these books over all the years, and I've done a lot of hiking, and the trail is harder and physically more demanding than I was expecting. From a mental standpoint, I've just really loved doing it. So I've, I know I've read books before about, or heard people say that how so much of it is mental, and it's about being able to mentally withstand. But I look forward to getting up every day and go hiking, so luckily that hasn't been a problem for me because I just love uh, doing this all day, every day, so I've never thought about getting off the trail or um, had any doubts mentally, so I'm pretty happy about that. You are a masochist, and <laughs> so 
I mean, okay, so when you're hiking with a partner, it's one thing. Like, I think I've changed partners a lot in general through the through hikes that I've done. And I feel like, I guess, when it's your family member. Like, I've met sisters who've hiked together. I actually met a father and a son who were hiking together. And the father was in his 60s and the son was 19. He was just oh, turning wow. 19. And it was a very similar situation. He always wanted to do the trail. In fact, his trail name was Wannabe. I'm going to give you a shout-out, Wannabe. Did you guys meet them? Mm-mm. Okay. So, but you guys are a little bit different. And I hate to say it, women actually are a lot different. They have a totally different bond. Storybook, that's for you. Do you, how do you guys, like, I don't know how if you feel comfortable talking about this, but how do you feel like your relationship maybe has grown or changed throughout this experience on the trail? Who wants to start with this one? You can go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've always been pretty close, and we enjoy doing a lot of the same things, and I get excited by the things she does, and I'm usually, I usually try to take part in them if I can at all. I think I'm really lucky that I have this time with her. She lives across the country from me now, so I won't be around her a whole lot. And it's wonderful. It's it's wonderful, but surprisingly enough, we f- first would share all the scenery around us, and we'd talk a lot. And, it, and right now, I think we're both content just to hike together and get through the terrain and enjoy the views that we have. Yeah, we don't really talk a lot anymore when we hike. We're just, I mean, we're experiencing it together, and I think that that's rewarding and just uh, a really wonderful thing in itself I and mean, we'll stop and talk once in a while but a lot of times we're just enjoying the silence and the sounds around us and uh, it's just different it's kind of hard to explain I guess we don't we it, don't play music or anything we just listen to whatever is around us it probably doesn't make sense to people elsewhere but it's something really special just to walk around and just being in um so in tune with everything around you and not really need to talk to have a special moment together. You guys are really about to make me cry. <laughs> I'm good. I was feeling like I was the only oh one that was going to. <laughs> That's really beautiful. I totally know what you mean. Um, I've never gotten a chance to do that with my mom or my siblings or anything like that, but it makes sense for sure. Um, and it must be a big deal because you guys finally get the time to really do this and you're older now and... I don't know, I always make the jokes. When I meet people who have kids, I always say, don't worry, when they're 25, they'll finally appreciate you. But when they're 30, they'll definitely appreciate you. I mean, you're 40 now. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you really appreciate her. She she made the point that you're just like this, you know, jet-setting, free-spirited, strong woman. I'm guessing you got it from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she always told us that we could do anything that we wanted to do and be anything we wanted to be. That's why my older sister used to try to be a mushroom, because <laughs> um, my mom told us that. But yeah, both of our parents always instilled that in us, and to just um, go after anything that be we wanted. Be adventurous. Where do you think you? Where do you think you got that from? <laughs> I think it's there. But when I'm with her, I'm very, I'm much braver than when I'm by myself. <laughs> I'll bet you kind of feel the same, huh? Yeah, actually, in a way, that's true. Although, she's good by herself. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm with her, I feel like I can do anything. Mostly. I mean, not to sound cheesy, but I'll bet you, like, really instilled that in her, and that's probably why she's so damn tough. Well, I think her father had something to do with that as well. (laughs) Was your dad an engineer? (laughs) No. Uh, He was a geologist. Okay, same thing. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Same brain type. <laughs> so I like to ask people a couple of different, uh, can like similar questions. You guys can answer it separately. What do you think is your favorite part? What's the most like unexpected thing that's happened? I guess your favorite part of being on the Appalachian Trail. It could be a place. It could be a moment. It could be anything. No, we're starting with you. You're... Oh shoot. <laughs> um, you're closest. <laughs> I. That's really a hard question to answer and boil down to something. I'm. For scenery and feeling, I love the area around Roan Mountain. The views and the whites are awesome. I liked Rhododendron Gap, and I had been there before. I mean, and there were such special moments with people. I mean, just out of the blue. I I don't know. It's going to take years for me to digest all this. That's how I feel. 
I think that's true. What about you, Hakuna Matata? I know you got like that A type and B type personality, so you're probably going to give me a broad answer, but I'll bet you got details too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what I'm going to say. Like the most unexpected and um, part of the trail. And awesome. We're on the awesome side of things, not the bad side. So stay on that. Remember when we (laughs) sat on that bald and and you took that video and you sent it to your husband? I mean, the grasses were just waving and wildflowers and it was so awesome uh-huh. just wanted to keep sitting there and knock it up yeah i you know the the nature has been completely awesome on so many different levels but i think the most unexpected is the people that we've met i thought about the trail more as like wilderness and nature and i wasn't coming out here for a social setting and as a matter of fact when we started i was um like a little bit put off by how many people were we I felt like we were in a crowd for the first few weeks and then again when we went through the Smokies and I'm a social person but I wasn't expecting this to be such a social setting but now like the most unexpected thing is just how many people care about strangers so much and are willing to do so many nice things for people they don't even know and I I never really thought about the human interaction and about how um, just how people treat how nicely people can treat each other and do such such nice things for people that they have never seen before and will never see again. I think and I, you know what I'm grateful for the the other through hikers too. They I know I'm so much older than they are, but they they treated me so nicely and so they make me feel like I'm one of them. Ah, you are. (laughs) You are, and you're sweet as pie. And if anyone ever gave you a hard time, man, they'd have to be the worst person on this earth, (laughs) I gotta say. But you are one of us. You have to realize that you've just come almost all the way to the end here, lady. (laughs) I know, I look at the map and I think, wow, I did it. I really did it. If I can just get the last bit finished, I'll have made one dream come true. I'll bet you five bucks. I bet you're gonna finish it. (laughs) I bet all these guys can attest to that. Um... You definitely just got through the whites, so that's pretty much, you know, you got it done. I think you guys are going to get to the end. If there's a, what, what do you think the most challenging part of the trail has been for you? It can be mentally, physically, whatever. Uh, again, it can be whatever you want it to be. It's physical. It's physical for me, trying to cope with the train when it gets really hard, uh, and it slows me down a lot, which frustrates me because I want to go faster. But it, it's the terrain's gotten harder. I hate to tell you it's going to get harder for but only for, only for like 30 miles then it's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. I I actually would love I secretly wish I could go through the Moosic Notch with you cuz I'll <laughs> bet we'd have the best time ever as long as I didn't have a backpack cuz I was cursing the whole time so it's Ooh, okay. We're hoping to slack pack through that. Nice. And try to pick up some mileage here. I think you guys will be fine. But what do, what do you think your most difficult or challenging part has been? I'd say Part of it was physical. I had some pretty sore feet for a while. I was worried I was going to be able to keep hiking with my feet in the shape that they were, just really aching. That's a, kind of an understatement. <laughs> and I was going to walk. I told my mom it felt like when you stub your toe so hard that you feel nauseous. That's how I was feeling as I was trying to hike. Um, but that got better, so that was good. And then. I think from a mental standpoint, sometimes it's just difficult because my mom worries a lot and I just want her to be enjoying it and instead she'll be worrying about, oh, she worried about about Mount Washington for weeks only to find out it's a totally like one of the easiest mountains we've hiked over lately, but yet she worried about it for weeks. But Such just a reputation. To... I was afraid I was going to fall off and kill myself or something. <laughs> and she crushed it. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it's hard with trying to keep her from worrying and things like that. And But that's the biggest mental challenge, I'd say. <laughs> I, think, I think most of us do that. And my partners, both of them can tell you that. I'll look at the elevation and just be like, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. And then I get over it, and I'm just like, whatever, that wasn't too bad. I mean, I've cursed the entire time, but I've gotten over it. <laughs> so, if you guys, A, well, if you had to say something to people who were thinking about hiking the trail, especially you, because I, that's a very big thing. You, you said you thought you were too old. And you're married. And that's the other thing. A lot of our people who listen to this podcast are like, but I'm married, and I can't leave my husband or my wife, but I'm married and I can't leave my kids. Like, 
Mm -hmm. I'm too old or I'm too young or whatever. What would you have to say to people who are listening to this who are thinking about hiking? Because you're almost there. (laughs) And I would say go and try. Give it the best you can and go do it if you want to do it. Life is short. Make the most of it. I feel the same way. We meet so many people that say that they would love to do this, but they think that they're too old or that they're working. And I just point to my mom. Say, you know, she just retired last year and she's 70 and she's doing it like you're not too old. You can still do this when you can. We waited a long time, we waited about 20 years to do it. So just the timing will work out and you can make it work out eventually and it'll be worth Even it. Even if you have to adapt. Even if you have to section hike it or do half of it one year and half another year, go for it if you can. And if not, then you'll find you'll do parts of it or you'll find something else you want to do. But if there's something you really want to do, you should try to do it. And then this is a new question, and I like this one because I think it's a good one. What lesson do you think the trails taught you? The trails definitely like being in school. And uh, I interviewed this gentleman at my very one of my first interviews and. He was like, you know, the trail, I always think I got it. And I'm just like, whatever. And he's all in his 50s. Max, this is for you. But uh, he's like telling me, like, I'll be running down the trail. And then all of a sudden I trip over a rock and fall on my face. And and that's the trail telling me I got to slow down. What do you think the trail has taught you? Maybe just a, a little quick and simple lesson that sticks out in your head. That I need to keep trying and I can do things more than I think I can if I just keep trying and work at it. I may be slower, but I need to keep trying. Slower is better anyway. You get to look at everything longer. What about you, Hakuna Matata? I think it's taught me that, like, the value of slowing down and not constantly doing something and thinking about something. And it seems like all the times that I'm walking and letting my mind just be... Still, is like when I have them, all my profound thoughts that come to mind. I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, seriously, I just I feel like life is really hectic, and sometimes just giving yourself, your brain, a time to just like where we do nothing but we're just walking and breathing, and all the good thoughts that actually come to you, and things that you come to realize when you're. We let yourself be like that, be in that state. I think that's so true. Man, you guys are just schooled the hell out of me. I'm excited to go over to Washington, by the way. Thanks a lot for that, Bluebird. <laughs> so, any last words that you want to say to people out there? A lot of people listen to this. And they're people, young and old, and if you wanted to say one last thing to anyone listening, what do you think you'd say? Aside from just do it. I hope more of you have a chance to do something like this. It's, it's something I'll treasure for as long as I live. To be able to spend this time with my daughter doing this, being outside, being with the people we've met, it's wonderful. I'd say something really similar just from this experience and past ones. If you have a dream of something you want to do, start thinking about all the ways you can make it happen instead of thinking of the reasons why you can't do it. And uh, start thinking about the ways you can. Man, thank you guys for letting me interview you. Uh, It's pretty late. They had a lot of stuff to do, and they were nice enough to come out here and let me interview them. I am going to be changed for this, for sure. And I cried. You guys made me cry during an interview. I've never (laughs) cried during an interview. So, on that note, I'm Kim Chi, and I'm signing out, and this is... Bluebird. And Hakuna Matata. And we're all signing out from a beautiful fire, thanks to the White Mountains hostile dudes who made this fire possible. So, thanks a lot. Thank you. That interview had so much good stuff in it that I I don't even know where to start with talking about it. Maybe I'll just let it stand for itself and say that we are going to go straight from our second oldest through hiker on Sounds of the Trail with Bluebird at 70 years old to our very youngest through hiker on Sounds of the Trail, Spicy Guy, who's going to tell us about how he and his family are hiking the trail this year. Yeah, we're going to talk. I'm actually recording right now. This is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am with Mama Bear, Strong Man, Spice Guy, Spicy Guy, and what's Tessa's name? Little Butt. Little Butt. Okay, everyone's kind of sleepy and tired and tuckered out. We actually just built a campfire together. We're sitting on the beach, and Spicy Guy, I'm going to have you talk about where we are um, first. So why don't you introduce, oops, introduce yourself. 
tell us where you're from and how old you are and what's going on and how many miles you've done and blah, 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 all that fun stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Um, my name is Spicy Guy, and I love to hike. One of my favorite things I've been doing for two summers, I did 566 miles last year. I had to give out for the last section, and now I'm doing the rest of the half of the trail for the next section with my family. It's a lot of fun. We're, we're excited. We've done the big mountains now, and we're ready to get to the Katahdin, and, but ready to get home, and but sad feeling to be done with the trail. And I am also from Naples, Florida, and now we are right by a lake, which is pretty big. So it kind of reminds me, but I just jumped in the water, and it is way colder than the beach at home. <laughs> And so, Spicy Guy, how old are you? And I'm going to sit near you because all the smoke from our tiny little campfire is getting into my face. <laughs> but it's really nice to be sitting and having a campfire on the beach of a lake. So tell us how old you are and how you got into hiking. I am 11 years old. My mom had a friend that was with a 12-year-old boy who was doing the PCT, and they've already done the Appalachian Trail and the Continental Divide. And so they were going to do their triple crown, and so they were finishing. And we got we got this place. We, we heard about them once they finished. And then there, my mom asked me, well, 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 would you like to go try out and hike the Appalachian Trail for two weeks, and we'll see how it goes. And then we, we asked, what's the Appalachian Trail? And so we look up on Netflix, and there's a documentary about the Appalachian Trail. We say, yeah, I'd love to. And then we we ask if we could go to a little bit farther than two weeks. And my mom says, well, you'll see. We'll see how it goes, how far we get. And we go two weeks with my brother. Well, two weeks with us and three days with my brother. Uh, first three days, 10 miles each day. Ready to, got at Neil's Gap. Got some nice trail magic at Neil's Gap. A soda, some hot dogs and stuff. And we went, <laughs> and it's just, and then we decided, well, why don't we just keep hiking? And we ended up, I ended up at Damascus. That's where I finished in Damascus, Virginia. And they kept going to Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. And now we are back on because we talked about it all winter. And so we want to finish out the trail and feel accomplished. Well, you should feel accomplished because you guys have done a lot of miles. So tell us a little bit about who you're traveling with because no one else knows about your sister and brother. But you're kind of like the big brother of the squad over here. It's you and Mama Bear taking care of everybody, it seems like. So why don't you tell us how old they are and what it's like traveling with your younger sister and brother who happen to be twins. Okay, um, you're going to think I'm crazy for a little bit, but my little brother and sister are five, year old, five years old, and they did it with my mom, and they ended at Harper's Ferry last year from Springer Mountain, and now they're doing the next thousand. It's a little bit different. It's it, The miles, sometimes it's, you got to stop and wait. The, the, the legs can't stretch that far, and the rocks and stuff like that, but... I mean, I, they got their packs, they carry a pack, the little boy carries nine pounds, and the girl carries six. The little boy's name is Strongman, real name is Cole, and the little girl's name is Tess, and her trail name is Little Butt. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's alright, it's, it's very cool, sometimes it's like... Oh, there's the twins and stuff like that. Yeah, I know, and stuff like that. But there's that part where I figured out it's not really about what the other people think. They really love hiking. I mean, if they didn't, I don't think they'd be out here right now. <laughs> they are officially now the little boy is chopping wood and trying to get into the fire. <laughs> and the little girl is sucking her thumb, looking at the fire. <laughs> And you're sitting here taking this like a champ. Why don't you tell me what your favorite parts about the trail have been so far? Mount Washington, yes, everybody says it's pretty hard and stuff like that. But it's really easy. I mean, don't worry about it. It might be long, but it's really easy. 
This guy's this eleven year old is telling me how easy Mount Washington is. So anyone who's listening to this and wants to complain about Mount Washington, you just got totally punked out. Although spicy guy is a tough guy, I can tell. Sorry, I keep moving closer to you because your brother is definitely building that fire. <laughs> it's good. Planes can see us if we need help. You guys could <laughs> And you're you're keeping us warm. I mean garden hoses <laughs> <laughs> so what other what other parts of the trail do you like a lot and what parts are uh, do you think were the most challenging for you i'll start out with my favorite part my favorite parts are it's a mountain called lafayette new hampshire and we got up there and then we, f- we tried to figure out what, what we were gonna do it was getting it's getting a little bit late so we hiked down 0.8 from the top and we camped on this little spot and we saw this beautiful sunset and everything, and we'd be laying down there, and the stars would be above and everything. But it was a really nice place to camp and stuff. And then we had we had other places, but I think that's my favorite place so far. But I think Maine, Northern Maine, will take the piece of the cake. And now that we are done with the hard parts of Maine, mostly. We are feeling good, but I think our heart, my hardest, our hardest part of the AT is Mahusik um, Notch. It took us five hours to go one mile, <laughs> thinking that we were going to end early, and we end at seven o'clock. We we had fun at the first half. There was a few spots; they were pretty hard, straight up rock and climbing and stuff like that. But then there was a part where. Uh, my mom got stuck on a rock, and so she had to take her pack off. That took a little bit, and then oh man, there's little caves that you squeeze through. We absolutely love to actually be done with that part. How many times have you been like super scared? Cause I'm a grown up, and I've been scared quite a few times. So I know you're tough, and you're probably tougher than me. But how many times have you been like kind of scared going through the trail? Well, I, last year I saw two bears in the Smokies. I, I was startled for the first second and not scared at all. It, was, it wasn't that scary. And then people said that moose during the mating season they were coming to have a problem with attacking. And so I saw two moose and I, I didn't really care. I didn't, it just, it, the real thing is that Fear what they say is really not a real word. If you ask someone who's going to be scared, it's they probably are going to be scared. Because there was a part where I got scared where we hiked we hiked 21 miles. That's our longest mile that so we've done. You guys did 21 miles? Yes. We've Whoa. And we went up in New York. And so it's pretty hilly up there. And so we were hiking in the dark for the last two miles. And so it was pretty scary because... Well, fortunately, when we were hiking, me and my mom's headlamp gave out in the middle of the hike in the dark. Oh, my gosh. And so now my little brother's headlamp is just blinking, (laughs) and my little sister's is just blinking. And so, well, we'd be walking, and then you'd blink, and then it'd blink off. So you couldn't see anything for a few seconds, and then it'd be like, it'd be a few, it was pretty scary. I mean... But once we got to camp, it was exciting, and then we did four miles the next day, so... (laughs) So you were happy. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, and I know everyone's tired, and we all just want to sit around the campfire. So I'm going to stop harassing you, and maybe I can ask you other questions in the morning. If you... So a lot of people who are listening to this have never hiked. And I would say most kids your age have definitely not hiked the Appalachian Trail. But there are kids your age who listen to this, and there are just other people out there in general... If you had to say anything to anyone out there who's listening, well, first of all, you can say something about hiking the Appalachian Trail, but second, you can say whatever you want to anybody. So if you had to say, like, if someone's thinking about hiking or anything like that or they're scared or anything, what would you say to them about hiking? Well, most people, they talk about doing it, but they don't actually get towards doing it. Figure out a time to do it and... Don't let anything step in your way. Actually do it. If we didn't do that first half of the trail, I, I think it it would have ruined our summer. We, would, we wouldn't know what to do. But I would say if you were going to do the AT or hike any kind of trail, 
I would say try not to do it all in one year or anything like that. If it's a long trail, I'd do it in sections or half and in half. We can stop at more views. There's, we got longer time to get to our camp. We watch the sunsets and all that sorts of stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know. You're getting sleepy, aren't you? You're just yeah. all right. So <laughs> that's that's totally understandable. For now, we can sign off because the smoke is like destroying my face anyway. So. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? I'll sign out, and then you'll sign out. we sign out together. So I'm Kimchi, and I'm signing out. And This is Spicy Guy. I'm signing out. All right. We're going to sit here at this lake. Can someone tell me where we are? Because I can't remember what this campsite is called. Flagstaff, is it? Yeah, it's Flagstaff. Flagstaff. All right. We're at Flagstaff Campground. We're sitting on a huge pond. And we're sitting next to a campfire, and we're camping on the beach, and we all ate dinner together, and life is good. And maybe we'll do a little bit of interviewing tomorrow. But for now, good night. So, I don't know if you caught that, but Spicy Guy's younger brother and sister hiked over 1,000 miles last year. If they are 5 years old this year, that means they were 4 years old last year. Which blows my mind a little bit. Those must be some tough little kids. In most hiking families, Spicy Guy himself would be the young kid that would need looking after, but it seems like Spicy Guy is actually stepping up to be the big bro and helping his mom out and his, his younger brother and sister, so props to him for that. One other thing I wanted to call attention to is the way that Spicy Guy and his family are hiking the trail. They have not tried to hike the entire Appalachian Trail in one summer. Now, there are some practical limits on how slow you can hike the trail. I mean, how much food and water do you really want to carry, you know? But I wanted to draw attention to this because both Spicy Guy's family and Bluebird and Hakuna Matata have been successful in their thru-hiking goals because they understood where they are and they met the trail there. Spicy Guy and his family could have looked at hiking the entire trail, decided it was impossible, and then never tried it. But instead, they decided to see what they could do and to see how far they got. And they're almost to Maine. Bluebird thought that maybe she was too old and that her window for through hiking is already over. But she and Hakuna Matana decided to plan on taking the trail at their own pace, and now they are almost to Maine, too. For our last interview today, we are going to hear from Sock Ninja, who isn't 11 or 70, but 26 a more typical age for a thru-hiker, and she's going to explain why she's on the trail right now and how she made that happen. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail. I am at the Clarendon Shelter in Vermont. I'm in Vermont because we our flip-flop turned into a zigzag toss around, and Rock Ocean, my partner, had to go to a wedding in Manchester, Vermont, so long story short... There are a couple of other like parts of fate that brought us down here, and I am currently northbounding once again through Vermont from Manchester to Rutland. I was lucky enough to meet this really, 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 really nice southbounder who I'm going to let introduce herself, and she stayed the night with us in the shelter. So we're sitting here now. First of all, can you introduce yourself? I'm Sock Ninja. I'm from Sebec, Maine. Awesome. Sock Ninja, how old are you? I'm 26. Wow, I thought you were younger than that. Not <laughs> <laughs> <That> a lot. <laughs> um, so you're the first, I think, actual southbounder, uh, legitimate southbounder. And when I say legitimate, um, she hasn't flip-flopped. She's legitimately started at Katahdin and is making her way south. Do you want to tell me that your time frame? Uh, I started in early July and took some time off there in between, which is why it's taken me so long to get here. But the plan is to finish by Christmas and get back to school um, in the spring. Nice. A lot of people say that southbounding is a lonely ordeal. You've told me that you're sort of leapfrogging some people and have a little crew. How, how do you feel about it so far? The first couple days starting out alone were definitely lonely. I think I walked four or five days on my own. I was going a little stir crazy. Um, and then I ran into actually the bionic woman. Um, and we picked up a friend from there and walked together for quite some time. Um, since then, I've had a bunch of different friends that I'll walk together with for a few days, leave, pick up somebody else, and then we'll meet back up again. And so it really hasn't been that lonely. So <clears throat> I'm wondering, because this is kind of, this is still early on in the southbounding life. Do you think that you'll kind of keep having the same people? A lot of people drop off the trail northbounding in Virginia because it kind of 
tends to be like a really monotonous state. And then also, again, at Harper's Ferry, uh, most people drop off because they don't want to go through Pennsylvania. And a lot of people quit in Pennsylvania. Have you noticed anybody who's southbounding kind of finding their tired point yet? I'm guessing the whites will do that. No, I think everybody that I've been with is still going pretty strong. I think a lot of them have done some hiking before, so they they know the routine. uh, They know the like three or four month lag that comes along, but everybody seems to be doing pretty well. Nice. Uh, so your planning is a lot different than our planning as far as hiking goes. And the Appalachian Trail is very, I want to say it's a lot more flexible, like rubber bandy than the Pacific Crest Trail. A lot of people who southbound say they're going to end around Christmas time. If we tried to do that on the Pacific Crest Trail, it would probably be impossible because of the snowfall. What kind of planning do you think you'd have to sort of undergo gear-wise to accommodate for colder temperatures and just the change in weather? Well, being from Maine, I'm used to the cold. (laughs) But I'm definitely going to pick up a pair of, like, long pants that are insulated. I've got my Under Armour thermals right now that I sometimes wear at night, but they won't quite cut it in the snow. (laughs) But other than that, I think I'm good. I mean, I've got a puffy jacket and a raincoat to put over it, a hat. I think I'll be all set. All right. So this week we're supposed to talk about a couple of different things. One of those things is a decision that you made that you thought you'd regret, but you really don't regret. And I think through hiking kind of lends itself to that in general, just because you're going through so many changes really serious changes in a f- about a five-month period as the terrain changes, as the weather changes, as everything changes. Can you, I know you kind of just started not that long ago, but I think we're like in the middle mark for you. Is there any, like, <laughs> is there anything you'd want to touch on with that? Well, I think the biggest thing would be like the entire trail. Um, <laughs> I took a semester off from school. I quit my job to come out here. And so that in and of itself, I was worried about. This is not the type of thing that I usually do. I'm usually a very like well-planned, stick-to-the-tried-and-true path kind of person. But I had some life changes and decided I needed to get some time for myself. And so just coming out here in and of itself was a big undertaking for me and something I thought, crap, it's going to be like two weeks into school and I'm going to hate myself for having dropped out for a semester and not being able to go back. But here we are a week into school, and I still love it more every day, even in the rain. So no regrets there, really. I think that's actually awesome. And the trail, I think, is kind of a lot of people say that. Like, they'll start the trail, and they're like, oh, man, I hope I'm I'm making the right decision. Do you think there's something that you maybe took away from that? Like, you said you were pretty rigid and, like, planned out, probably type A person. Oh, yeah. And those people actually thrive on the trail. Like, uh, you'll meet a lot of engineers on the trail and stuff like that. Do you find yourself kind of unraveling a little bit, maybe becoming slightly less rigid, I guess? Yeah, uh, the trail has definitely been good for me to just kind of find, I guess, a happy place, a place where I don't feel that I need to stick to the schedule all the time and be so monotonous with my life. It's it's definitely been good for me also in finding some some independence and some understanding of myself. Yeah, I think the trail will do that. It kind of does whatever it wants to do with you. I mean, for me, it's like patience. I have no patience. And then the rain just happens and I get angry and it rains harder. So it's like I have to have more patience. I think everyone has their own lesson to learn. So as far as making it happen, and also I do want you to touch on something else you said while we were sitting here this morning about a decision you made because I think that's another important one about the modesty. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of us on the trail, I mean, we could make shows into all this stuff about our bodies, and you had to listen to me complaining about my. <laughs> but uh, what you said something about modesty. So, can you just touch on that really briefly? Yeah. She told me I was going to be talking about decisions I thought I'd regret. And the first thing that came to my mind was uh, throwing modesty out the window. Getting on the trail, being a single female, <laughs> it was interesting the first couple weeks deciding when and where to change (laughs) and eventually I just decided you know what screw it we're all human beings all these guys have seen the female body so whatever I am stripping right here in the middle of the shelter and they can watch or not it doesn't matter (laughs) and I have not regretted that decision and 
nobody's really commented on it. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think through hiking again, it just really, like, literally strips you of all, all um, I guess, ideas that you have beforehand. Everyone's kind of equal out here. It's like a pretty level playing field, no matter who you are, if you're guy, girl, trans, however you identify. I feel like gender and body type don't really mean and too much. Age. Age, yep. Age is a good one. I, I didn't even think... Yeah, we were just talking about that, seeing elderly gentlemen kind of... <laughs> <laughs> so as far as making it happen goes, a lot of people always say, I really wish I could through-hike. And they assume that, like, I'm the opposite, on the opposite spectrum of you. Like, you're type A. I don't even know. I'm like a ball of yarn that's completely unraveled. So... For a lot of people, traditional people in society, they say, oh, you must just be like a hippie vagabond to be able to do this. You're a great exception. So why don't you tell us how you kind of made this happen? And uh, again, like, you know, you can go back to telling us how like defined and rigid your life was and maybe what your plan was and Mm -hmm. just how like you already had something set in motion and then disrupted that. All right. So I guess we'll start at the beginning of like why I'm here on the trail. Last year, around this time, I found out that my husband of four and a half years was cheating on me. Um, And so that ended the weekend before classes started, and I moved out of the house that we'd been living in together. And life since then has just been a struggle. It's been very different, and I needed the break to get out here on the trail. So I've done a lot of hiking before. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, I originally only planned to do the 100-mile wilderness. Uh, <laughs> and We're in Vermont! <laughs> it's so far away! <laughs> um, so I, I did that, and it, it took some weaseling to get time off from work to do that. But when I finished, I just had this inner peace that was slowly trickling away as I got back into the work week. And I just decided, you know what? screw it all. I need to do this for myself. And so I took a semester off from school. I quit my job and I spent two weeks planning, which for me is unusual. I would spend like a year planning an event like this. Two weeks is crazy for anybody planning a through hike monetarily, physically, and even geographically. It's a big deal. Yeah. I also have food intolerances. So part of that two weeks was putting together boxes with all of my meals basically for the entire trail for my mom to send to me along the way. Um, So there is my type A. They are all labeled with addresses (laughs) already piled in order in my bedroom at my parents' house. Um, But yeah, it was quite the undertaking. I didn't sleep much. But then on my trip to the trailhead, I saw a bald eagle and I thought to myself, it's all going to be all right. And that's awesome. I'm really grateful that you shared your personal story with us. And on that note, a lot of people come out here during really life-changing things. I interviewed a guy who had stomach cancer. And he actually, for a long time, they told him he wasn't going to make it. And he beat cancer. And when he did, I think he said something along the lines of he didn't know what to do because his best friend and his enemy had just left him. Mm. And so his whole life changed because he thought he was planning for essentially that his own death. Yeah. And so he like basically walked into his new life on the trail. And I still keep in touch with him. Dr. Reem Thumb, you're the man. <laughs> but uh, for you, and, and if it's too personal, you don't have to talk about it. But I feel like the trail really does sort of have its own way of working things out. Have you noticed like a kind of a, a working through working through like your past life and sort of like maybe being able to map out what you're looking for in like your future life after the trail a little bit I think I'm still working on that and I've got plenty of miles to go to do it but I've definitely found walking the trail that Before, I was a very codependent kind of person, which obviously led to me being married so early in life. (laughs) And just being out here in those days that I have walked alone and conquered these mountains on my own just have really given me a sense of, like, I can do this. I can, you know, crush this mountain by myself. I can tackle anything. So, yeah. <laughs> so we were sitting here last night, Rock, and, Rock Ocean and I thought we had the whole shelter to ourselves. It was raining. It was a rainy, like dr- just kind of a dreary night, I guess. And uh, we were actually just finishing our supper and having tea time and like kind of getting ready to get in the mode where we look at photos and go to bed. 
And then Sock Ninja walked up. And I was like, man, this lady is a tough-ass lady. Like, it is <laughs> raining and it's dark. And she was just like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, super happy, super nice. And I was like, I wish I was that tough because I we came in here when it was still daytime because it was pouring on us. Like, we're, we're a bunch of babies. <laughs> So, I mean, I can definitely, like, vouch for you. You're tough. <laughs> Thank you. And independent. <laughs> How many miles in are you? What mile marker are you at for southbounding? You know, I honestly don't know because I, I just walk. I don't keep track. I don't really make plans. I just walk every day. I think I saw a sign yesterday that said 500 miles for the Nobos, like uh. two Katahdins, so five-something... I don't remember either because now we're northbounding and I don't even know what. Actually, I'm in the same boat as you. I kind of stopped looking because yeah. I'm just don't. I don't know if you're if you listen to that. This is a person who initially was like extremely planned <laughs> out, telling me she has no idea what mile marker she is and that she just walks every day. I think it's kind of like good proof and validation that the trail will infinitely kind of change somebody in general. Okay, so I know you have to get going and I have to get going because we both have something to do today. Oh my god, it's 8.30. First of all, what's your favorite part of the trail, Ben? Because I, I usually ask northbounders that. So what's your favorite part of the trail? And then tell me something that you weren't really expecting, I guess, from the trail. Um, so my favorite part of the trail would have to be walking up Musilock. From the north side, it goes up Beaver Brook, which is this great waterfall, like the entire way up. And I actually found a little pool there with the waterfall coming down behind me and like this tiny little break in the trees with a view of Franconia Ridge. And I sat there for an hour and a half oh, with my man. feet in the water and it was perfect. <laughs> Everybody had told me prior to going up Musilock, mostly northbounders who hadn't done the whites yet, um, <laughs> That it was terrible, it was just a horrible climb, and it would be awful, be prepared, but that was like my favorite, favorite climb. So, that was your favorite part of the trail, mm -hmm. uh, and actually you might have answered it. What was something, what's something that the kind of the trail has brought to you that you weren't really expecting? Oh, Okay, well, you mentioned how people thought it would be a walk in the woods. I, coming from Maine, am used to, like, the boulderling, scrambling, whatever. And so it was interesting to me talking to people coming, like, through southern Maine and the whites. They're like, this isn't hiking, this is mountaineering. And I'm like, oh, there's a difference? And then I got to Vermont, and I walked out in this field, and I was like, wait, Am I in the right place? Is this still the same trail? <laughs> and then there were cows. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that was something a little unexpected for me. I guess I knew the terrain would change, but not so quickly. Um, it's kind of funny. I You just gave me a mental picture of someone from Alaska like going to the desert in Texas and just being, what the hell is going on? <laughs> So all that being said, and all of you sharing your personal and awesome story with us, you expect to be done by Christmas, which is cool. We already covered all your gear and what you think is going to happen. <sighs> Have you ever been to the South? No. <laughs> no. I spent a week in Texas. Aside from that, the furthest South I've really visited was Connecticut. So it'll be interesting. You're walking all the way to the South. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then lastly... If you had to say anything to anyone out there who's listening, it could be whatever you want. This is what I, I, my favorite time. You can say anything you want to anyone out there. It can be awesome. It can be whatever. What would you say to the folks who are listening to this? Hiking, non-hiking, just living life. Oh, God. Well, first of all, thanks to my mom and dad for being supportive um, and for shipping me all my sh uh <laughs> That's getting bleeped out. <laughs> uh and then I guess, just look at me now. I mean, I'm a completely different person, which I didn't entirely expect, and I definitely think I've changed for the better. And uh, Brad, thank you for being a total douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. I actually, I mean, I was going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail no matter what, but I kind of wound up hiking it for the same reason, actually, a very similar reason. Mm -hmm. And I cursed, <laughs> I cursed that person for a long time. I still curse him as I'm walking, and I still thank him all the time. So, <laughs> cheers to you and kudos for getting out there, and getting after it, and crushing it. And you're a really positive and happy person, so that's great. 
And I just want you to remember what I told you the first thing I said to you this morning when you woke up. <laughs> just keep that in mind. I told her she was beautiful, and it's very true. So thanks a lot. This is Kim Chi signing out. And, and Sock Ninja. Also Bye. signing out. <laughs> So at the risk of being a little too aggressively inspirational, I just want to wrap up this podcast episode by reminding everybody that dreams are for today, not just tomorrow, and that maybe your biggest dream isn't something you're ready to do, but there are other dreams that you can be making happen right now, and you can do it no matter who you are. There's there's always something to aim for. So whether it's through hiking or making a podcast, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, I hope that you are making plans to live your life because this is the only one that you have. With that said, uh, hopefully we will be back next week. But like I said, no promises. This is Sounds of the Trail. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Rock Candy Mountain, you never have to change your socks. And little streams of alcohol come a trickling through the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats, and the railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe on the big rock Candy Mountain.